Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. I've been talking about Leon Tailoring for years, ever since I came to Indianapolis almost 20 years ago. You know why I talk about them? Because Leon Tailoring does a really good job of getting you quality clothes, whether it's something tailor-made, something ready-made, something custom-made. they got a career services division uh, for the young people in life who are looking for that first job. No matter what it is you're looking for, when it comes to clothing over at Leon Tailoring, they will look out for you and they will take care of you. So when you swing on by at 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis, tell them Abdul sent you and say hi to Larry, Norm, Kim, and Judy and pick yourself something up or better yet something for your loved one they'll appreciate it leon tailoring 809 north delaware downtown indianapolis well as we work our way through the holiday season you may have noticed a family member may may, may be acting a little odd or a little different or maybe you had some anxiety yourself uh could be from anxiety or some other sort of uh uh, mental uh mental mental health related issue and so join us to talk about that how to identify and how to deal with it uh, stephanie anderson from mental health america of indiana so stephanie thank you very much for being with us always good to chat with you Thanks for having me. Uh, so help us out here. Uh, first of all, just help our audience out here. What do you folks at Mental Health America of Indiana do? Oh Well, we do a wide variety of services, starting with advocacy. We spend a lot of time advocating for those with a mental illness so that they have access to great treatment. But we also do provide clinical treatment ourselves and uh, do training and education across the state. So we, we provide a wide variety of services to support those who uh, need mental health care and treatment in Indiana. Well, as we have this conversation, uh, we're in the middle of the holiday season. Uh, is this a, a period time where a lot of mental health issues tend to surface? I think that a lot of mental health issues are exacerbated during the holiday season, particularly issues around grief and loss. Um, it's, it's a time where we're looking at traditions and what we do with our family. And when you've lost someone over the years, uh, this can be a really hard time for people. And then that really brings out anxiety, depression, um, substance use disorders, problem drinking. All of that tends to, to go higher and, and on an up, upward trend when we get to those holiday seasons. Now, how can someone tell the difference between uh, someone just being, uh, quote, unquote, moody, so to speak, or, or someone having a serious mental health-related issue? I think it's really important that you are honest with the individual and you ask them honest questions. So if you're worried about a loved one, having a real conversation with them is is really the place to start. Um, So you want to make sure that an individual isn't isolating and and being by themselves the majority of the time. That's a really good sign that we're not just moody, but we're depressed. Um, If you notice your loved one is doing excessive drinking um, or excessive substance use, maybe taking more of their anxiety medication or a prescription pain reliever than usual, that's also a pretty good sign that, you know, we're walking into a problem here. But then also just having this real conversation with them can be really helpful. I think most people are afraid to have that conversation and to use words like, are you thinking about suicide? Or, you know, are you feeling depressed and how can I help? But actually, you know, the statistics show that having that honest conversation and using the real words is the most helpful thing. And it's interesting you bring that up because I, I realize that for a lot of folks, they, they may be worried that someone is uh, experiencing a mental health issue. If you bring it up, it'll just exacerbate it. Yeah, I think that that's a common fear. And and honestly speaking, I think those with mental illnesses are terrified of 
talking about it publicly because there is still a lot of stigma around it. I think if you're with a loved one and that loved one trusts you, um, having that conversation from a place of caring, from a place that is non-judgmental is a great place to start. And saying something like, hey, you know, I noticed some changes in you lately and I'm not here to judge you. I just want you to know how much I care about you um, and that I would do anything I could in my power to make sure that you're okay. How, How can we address this together? Our guest on the program today is Stephanie Anderson. Stephanie is with the Mental Health America of Indiana, their mental health advocacy advocacy organization. Uh, run to her and Steve McCaffrey over at the State House quite a bit uh, on occasion. So we're talking about sort of mental health uh, during this holiday season. Uh, Stephanie, it's always interesting, too, that uh, if we're not feeling well with our stomach, you know, we go to the doctor, we break our arm, we go to the doctor. Uh, what is it about mental health that uh, just some that where does stigma come from? Uh, The stigma is so heavily rooted in history, um, and I could probably spend hours talking to you about it. I think, you know, in, in, in the early 1900s, we were putting people away and locking them up for mental illness. And um, that gave this perception that if somebody had a mental health issue, they were bad, they were wrong, and there was something wrong with them. Um, Same thing with substance use disorders. Uh, There's always been this view of it being a moral failing and a choice. Um, But what we know now through lots of scientific research is that it's a disease just like any other disease, just like diabetes, uh, just like heart disease. Um, It can be genetically inherited. um, And and so we need to learn to talk about it in a way that is just, you know, just like we would talk about somebody with a heart attack or or any other health issue. Uh, speaking of which, uh, if someone, uh, say, uh, has maybe noticed some, some really self-destructive behavior, you know, uh, let's say we're in the middle of the holiday season, so we're spending a lot more time together. Maybe we notice some things that we didn't necessarily notice, notice before, or maybe someone said something a, a bit odd. Uh, how should they approach that individual? So I think there's a couple ways you could approach them. Again, always starting from a place of caring and and making it clear you're not there to judge the individual and asking them if they're okay and if there's something that you can do to help. I think if you're faced with a crisis, um, an immediate crisis, 988 is a great resource. It's recently been rolled out across the state of Indiana. And it really is that that line that you can call that can help you figure out how to de-escalate that crisis. It doesn't mean that the police or an ambulance will show up, um, but you'll be talking to a really well-trained individual that can help you navigate the situation. Um, the other place you could go is you can call the Be Well Crisis Line uh, via 211. And the Be Well Crisis Line also um, maybe is not for that immediate risk that we're in the crisis in the moment, but can provide advice and guidance and resources to folks along the way. And that doesn't that can be for loved ones. That can be an individual calling for advice on um, you know, a son, daughter, niece, nephew, etc. Uh, when should someone actually call nine one one? So, if somebody is at physical risk in that moment of uh, you know death or serious injury, nine one one would be the place to call. If somebody is threatening suicide, nine eight eight is the place to call. And I know this can be terribly confusing for for people out there. Um, so, when in doubt, if you are you know really scared for someone's life, nine one one is emergency services, and that that will deploy you know ambulance, fire, police, your traditional response teams. Nine eight 
state does have the ability in some areas of Indiana to deploy a team of mental health professionals to the home. Um, and, and it's a great resource, and we're really advocating to grow those resources throughout the whole state. Stephanie Anderson with us, Mental Health of America of Indiana, the mental health advocacy over at the, over at the legislature. We're talking about mental health-related issues, uh, particularly during this holiday season. Uh, Stephanie, uh, one of the other things, too, I always notice uh, with, with teenagers and, and kids is how do you distinguish between you know, a teenager or, or preteen or adolescent having a mental health issue or the part of my friendship them just being an obnoxious teenager? Yes, well, I have teenagers of my own, so I can totally understand that. I, again, social isolation is a really, really important thing to keep an eye on. So if your child is spending more than a, in your, their normal amount of time alone and away from people, that would be something that would you know, trigger some concern for me. I also am a really huge advocate for monitoring their electronic devices and their electronic communications. There's a lot of clues and hints out there um, that can tell you what's going on with your child um, right there in, in the palm of their hand. Um, so, you know, I would definitely be advocating that parents look at that. And again, creating a space in your house where talking about mental health talking about feelings, which is hard, is normal. Um, we work really hard in our house, as an example, to, to figure out, okay, I feel not great right now. Why do I feel not great right now? And is there something I can do about it? And being willing to talk about it. And I would really encourage you know, all parents and caregivers to, to try and find a way to do the same. Uh, is, it, is, it, is it more difficult for men to deal with mental health issues than women? Because uh, because women are are more sort of open verbal communicators. Guys like, hey, I'm fine. I'm good. Stop. Yes, definitely. Statistically speaking, men are at a much higher risk for suicide, particularly middle-aged men. Um, And I think that there's some fear that it, it, you know, reduces their their. Uh, Manhood, whatever that is. Yeah, it ruins their their machismo, if you will. Um, And so. to me, and I think to many women out there, um, you know, a man that is able to b- verbalize his feelings and be in touch with his emotions and, and also address them is way more powerful than somebody that shoves it all down and then maybe lashes out in angry outbursts or drinks too much. Um, and so, again, it's really turning the tide on the stigma around it. But there's so much more power in being willing to say, hey, wait. I'm not okay, and that's okay, and I'm willing to go do something about it. That that's a much more powerful, masculine, if you will, way to go. Uh, I want to uh, turn the tables just a little bit. Uh, we talked about you know sort of parents if they notice they're they're, they're teenager or adolescent, uh, maybe uh, having some mental health issues. What if you're the teenager or the young adult and you notice that that, that mom or dad just maybe isn't quite acting the way they used to? Yeah. So. Mom, mom or dad themselves is the concern for the child. Um, again, 988, great resource. Uh, Be Well Crisis Line via 211, great resource, and they can provide some guidance to that individual, even if they're a teen and adolescent. Um, I, I think teens and adolescents are in a really tough space uh, because they are not in a position of authority. So finding somebody else in their life that is in a position of authority that may be able to help them, that may be able to help them navigate the situation is really the best route to go. Go talk to somebody that you trust, whether it's a teacher or a coach, 
um, or a neighbor, an aunt or an uncle, somebody else that, that's around and say, hey, I'm really concerned about my parent. This is what I'm seeing. Can you help me figure out what to do? Uh, Stephanie, another issue, uh, question that's out there, too, uh, has been how Indiana has sort of treated mental health and mental health related issues uh, over the past 20, 30 years and change. Uh, how have things changed, uh, say, from uh, back in the, the, the early 90s uh, to today? Well, we've we've changed pretty significantly. Now, I will say our national ranking from Mental Health America National, the last ranking was 42nd in the country uh, for access to care and overall mental health, which is not great. It's not a number that we want to be that high in. Um, But I think last session, we saw some significant improvements in the willingness of the state to talk about mental health and mental illness, to put funding towards solving the problem. Um, With it being Senate Enrolled Act 1, it it made a real statement that mental health and mental well-being of Hoosiers is a priority for for our lawmakers. And I think that's just a, a giant step for us. Um, I, overall, we still have a lot of work to do because folks out there in the community still don't quite understand it, are still afraid to talk about mental health and substance use disorders, um, and, and don't know exactly where to turn. So continuing to get the word out there that help is possible, that you know, mental health is health. Um, and and that there is help out there and available. Stephanie Anderson, Mental Health America of Indiana, with us for a few more minutes on the program. They talk about mental health issues, particularly here uh, during the holiday season. Uh, Steph, uh, how much has social media contributed to our mental health issues in this country? I think social media can be incredibly damaging, particularly particularly to our youth. Um, it, we, we've seen significant rises in youth suicide, and we know that this is directly related to online bullying and social media. I think there's also a lot of unrealistic uh, expectations and norms put out there through TikTokers and other social media gurus who, who make the world look rosy, and that's not how the real world is. And, and so when somebody sees that and that's not how they're experiencing life, it can pull them and push them into a further depressive state and and it's it can be very damaging at the same time social media can be a very encouraging place it can be a place where people find support um so it's important that you know you're aware of what you're looking at you're aware of what your kids are looking at and making sure that you're choosing healthy things to be engaging in. And I'm assuming us news people uh, also bear some of the responsibility because we're always uh, talking about you know, fights and rage and conflict. If it bleeds, it leads. And somebody may only think that, hey, it's only bad news in the universe. And it's you know, kind of kind of messed with my head here. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I am one of those people that I periodically have to ban myself from listening to the news. Um, and, and trust they, me, we totally understand. Cause yeah. you, I, I've been in the news business since 1992. I totally get it. Right. It, it can really impact you. Um, and, you know, I, I when the, the war uh, started in Israel, I personally was very up on it and watching every bit of it. And then I found myself very anxiety ridden in other situations in my life. And then I realized, oh, I'm taking all of the feelings that I have about this this current world circumstance, and it's coming out in other places in my life. I probably need to stop listening 
so obsessively. <laughs> no, I totally get it. Stephanie Anderson with us for a few minutes on the program today. So, Stephanie, uh, uh, as we go forward, uh, what is uh, what are you folks hoping to accomplish uh, in 2024 uh, with respect to mental health uh, and the state of Indiana, and and helping Hoosiers, you know, deal with those deal with those day to day, you know, anxieties that, that we all have to face, we all have to deal with. But we don't want our anxieties to get so bad that they're that that they're beyond our control. Right. Mental Health America of Indiana is really committed to continuing to decrease stigma across the state, providing education and resources to folks that help facilitate that goal. We also want, you know, to continue to see funding towards solving the problem, increasing access to care, um, allowing, uh, you know, the the state to find reimbursement rates that are, um, you know, allow us to hire more staff, increased workforce uh, for mental health. All of those are issues that we're really struggling with still in Indiana, and they directly impact the individuals that live here. Uh, Is mental health more of an issue in rural, suburban, or urban areas, or is it universal all over the place? It is universal. It affects everybody. It doesn't matter what color your skin is or how much money you make and or where you come from or if you live on a farm or in a sky-rise building. Um, mental health can impact everybody. All right. Well, I guess in the uh, – by the way, Stephanie, if somebody uh, wants to get some more information or more resources, uh, maybe, the, maybe, the, uh, maybe they have a loved one who's struggling with mental health issues or maybe they are themselves, uh, where can they go? How can they find out more information? So Mental Health America of Indiana has a website. It's www.mhai.net, and we have a plethora of resources there that uh, people can access. And again, in that crisis situation, 988 is the place to go. In that non-crisis situation, but a place of concern, 211 Be Well Helpline is another great place to find resources. Gotcha. Well, our guest on the program today has been Stephanie Anderson, uh, Mental Health uh, Association of Indiana. Stephanie, uh, Mental Health America of Indiana. Stephanie, uh, thank you very much for being with us. Always good to chat with you. Thanks so much, Abdul. And you know what? I forgot to ask you one question, so I'll ask this real quick here. Uh, Coming in three, two, one. Stephanie Anderson with us, uh, Mental Health America of Indiana. Stephanie, uh, I've noticed uh, on a lot of uh, radio ads and and, and, uh, uh, internet ads, uh, these sort of anonymous mental health counselors uh, that people can sort of log onto a website, uh, talk to someone, uh, get get the help they need. Uh, Any thoughts on on that sort of uh, online uh, anonymous mental health type counseling? I think any type of counseling is great. I'm a therapist, a licensed clinician myself. Um, and any way people feel comfortable accessing that resource is a great way to do it. So if, if you're more comfortable texting with somebody, awesome. That's a great way to do it. If you like to do video chats, if you want to have therapy from the comfort of your home, all of those are great ways to access care and in a way that makes you comfortable. And I think, you know, the pandemic gave us a lot of ideas and and resources and ways that we can help expand access to care. And that's just one of them. And it's proven to be very beneficial. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.